Creative Lifestyle Planning is proud to sponsor the award-winning Berkshire Football Stories podcast from Football in Berkshire. Creative Lifestyle Planning is a woking and based independent financial planning business who provide affordable, transparent financial planning for clients from all walks of life. Maybe you're saving for a property, planning for retirement, or would just like to save some money in a tax-efficient manner. Drop them a line on 0330-118-0210. That's 0330-118-0210 for a free initial consultation. And let them know Football in Berkshire sent you. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast. I'm Rob Davis and with me as always is Tom Canning. Hello. And Abby Tysurst. Hello, hello. Been away for a couple of weeks so there's been a few um, uh, happenings inside the Berkshire game Uh, but first how are we both feeling? Tom you're uh, sporting a husky voice. Uh, Listeners may be able to hear that. Yes I sound great in the car though. So uh, uh, on the mend though. Yeah, coming out the other side, you know. Good. And it's uh, it's been an exciting couple of weeks. Uh, I can tell. A long time uh, viewers may be able to see that Tom's wall behind him is finally fully painted. <laughs> so that. Yes. <laughs> it's only taken a little while. And Abby, how are you? Yes, I am okay, thank you. I'm very well. Good. I'm all good. How are you, Rob? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for asking. Yeah, nothing too much to report on my end. So, uh, yeah, no illness, no injuries. Happy days. Marvellous. Good, good. Well, we better crack on because we've got a lot to talk about over the uh, uh, last weekend. Uh, Where to start? So we're going to start with the FA Trophy. Uh, We had a couple of games at the weekend involving Berkshire sides. Two away fixtures. uh, Binfield travelled to Hendon in West London and Bracknell made the long trip over to Canvey Island. Uh, Both coming away with victories. Uh, Bracknell winning 4-1 against Canvey Island and Binfield drawing 0-0 in normal time. But going to penalties, and you know what binfield and penalties mean. Chris mm-hmm. Grace save and uh, going through four or well, five four overall. Uh, where should we start? Let's start with Bracknell. A long uh, long trip that way, uh, but a pretty good result against another side at step three. What do you reckon, Tom? Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's a really good result. I have, in fact, what Canvey Island is one of those places where, like, yeah, I know where that is. I know where that is. Mm-hmm. Never clue. No idea. Uh, so I just googled it. I now know where Canvey Island is. Just east, uh, just west of South End. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Never knew that. That is a long old way. Yeah, it's uh, over two hours from Bracknell. Oh, yeah. And the but thing about should... oh, go on. No, no, no. Carry on. I was going to say that the uh, thing about when the tide is in uh, in Canvey Island, obviously because the Thames, it's right next to the Thames. And it's yes. tidal there, so the actual the water level is actually higher than the pitch. So you can sit oh, and stand well. and see these tankers come past higher than you. So yeah, it's wow. pretty bad. Oh, that's cool. That's mm. cool. Yeah. Oh well. No, no, as I say, never knew where it was. So there we go. That's a new there one for go. me. Well, uh, how about Bracknell and their result there then? Uh, McC- Withers and McClure getting um, uh, progressing in yeah. the trophy. Running, Good aren't they? To see. They are. Yeah. They're often running. They've um, they've transferred their their cup genius to to Bracknell successfully. Um, and who knows what's next? That's uh, you know that's a that's a really good result. Um, and obviously they had a they had a decent result midweek this week as well. So um, yeah, I, as I say, they they've that that is a long old trip. But but with with Withers and McClurg, they are used to long old trips. Um, they've done a fair few of them in their time now uh, as managers, and they'll know exactly how to get their team up and running and, and ready for it. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, that is, it's a, it's a solid. You know, I, I struggle with the FA Trophy because it's never been a competition that I've ever had much to do with. So I really struggle to have any sort of like. I really like the FA Vars. I love the FA Cup. Who doesn't? But the trophy just kind of sits somewhere in there, even though it's more important, arguably more prestigious, arguably than the FA Vars. Um, it, it's it's certainly third of the three on my list. So mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, my levels of enthusiasm for it are not. Uh, are, not, are not particularly high, um, 
<laughs> it's also obviously these days it's also harder for any of our clubs to get to the final because you've got to wade through uh, even more good clubs for any of our teams to get there. So, yeah, the National League and National League North and South sides are not quite in the competition yet, and uh, the draw has been made for the next round with uh, Bracknell being drawn at home to North Lee, aside from the same division they're currently in. And uh, Binfield, after their, like I say, penalty win, Chris Grace again getting uh, saving a couple of penalties there to give uh, to help Binfield through. Liam Gavin netting the winner. Uh, they are drawn away again. Surprise, surprise for Binfield. But they've got a long old trip this time. They're off to Tiverton, which is uh, just outside Plymouth. So that's a uh, very long trip. Uh, but they are against a side at the same step as they are. So, yeah, big old trip on the uh, weekend of the 29th of October for them. Uh, how do we feel about uh, the prospects of either of those sides? Abby, why don't you, uh, why don't you give us a shout on them? Binfield for the win. It worked last time. Binfield for the win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, last time, uh, yeah, we were talking about the FA Cup and it was, you predicted Binfield and Tom predicted Bracknell. And so yes. uh, both of you were uh, uh, proved right in those, on those occasions. So, yeah. There we are. That's all I have to say on the matter. <laughs> In the field for the win. They love a cup run over there. And uh, exactly. yeah, good to see them getting through as well. Go on, Tom. I, I've just realised, I realised where I was getting confused uh, because I was going to say uh, Binfield have played Taunton in uh, a cup competition before. Uh, they haven't. It was uh, Tividale. Uh, and the less said about that result, the better, I think. Okay. Um, I remember that. I remember them going on that away day. Uh, back in twenty, that would have been back in twenty eleven. Uh, yeah, they got to the fourth round of the FA Vars that season. Well, like we say, well, uh, we'll come on to it later. But uh, you mentioned about the <sighs> FA Cup and this win for Bracknell coming hot on the heels of a three uh, 0 win in the FA Cup to get them through to the uh, fourth qualifying round that comes up next weekend. We'll talk a bit more about that later on. But uh, before we move off this, Binfield, I mean. From since the start of 2019, do you reckon there's another club in the country who's been drawn away as often as Binfield has in FA competitions? I'd find it very hard to believe they've had what one home game. Uh, well, they had one home game against oh. Tombridge Angels this season, and they and played then... Truro City at home as well, uh, which we yes. all went to, if I remember. We all right. went to, yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it was freezing. Absolutely, yeah. that was one of the coldest days ever recorded, if I remember rightly. <laughs> Um, yeah, since since 2020, they've played two. Right, so let me just count these really, really quickly. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Are we counting the final? Uh, well, it wasn't at home, was it? No, I don't know. seven. No, but it's uh, a neutral ground, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. They weren't drawn there. So, yeah. 12, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16. So, uh, of 18 games, two have been at home. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Yes, since 2021. Wow. Well, pretty impressive. And they've got one more away day to get through. Um, to I suppose I have in, in, in that, I have included 2020-21. So actually, it's it's slightly more than that. It's more like um, three home games and uh, <laughs> 20 away games, I think. Wow. Well, perhaps one for Phil Arnett or someone like that to, uh, to yes, work out yes, for us. See yes. if uh, see if anyone else can it's match that record. It's not the working out that's the problem, Rob. It's the counting. <laughs> <laughs> the live on air counting is yes. the uh, is the bit that really brings the listeners in. So very good. Well, from going uh, from one uh, exceptional record to another in uh, Maidenhead's record against the non uh, former league clubs. Uh, since we last spoke, Maidenhead have played uh, three games against uh, former football league clubs in Chesterfield, away at Chesterfield, away at Torquay, and this weekend home to Oldham Athletic. And they've taken seven points from those three games. Going into the first game there against Chesterfield, uh, Maidenhead had zero points on the road and zero goals on the road. So... Turning up at top of the table, Chesterfield, as they were then, I think Maidenhead fans would have been forgiven for fearing the worst. But they have come away with seven points from this run of fixtures. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Uh, well, they did the same to Chesterfield about... last season, didn't they? Yeah, you mentioned 
about Devon Shearing being a verb, I think yeah. you know there's actually some some uh, truth behind this, isn't it? It's incredible their record against uh, uh, national or former league clubs, I guess. Yeah, and it's getting better as well. Um, I think the main blip they had this season was Dagenham and Redbridge, but whether you class them as a proper ex football league club, I I I think they're I think that's a loose loose uh, term there for them. They were for a bit, but I wouldn't say they were entrenched. Entrenched the uh, yeah the way of the uh, yeah. football league yeah. Well, they're playing Barnet again before the end of the month. So uh, Barnet are actually a side they have a pretty poor record against. Yes. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure they've actually. I think they played Barnet for the last three or four seasons. I'm not sure they've actually scored since uh, <laughs> at Barnet. So uh, yeah. One that doesn't usually go down well there, but hopefully their Devon Shearing record can continue. And uh, yeah, they continue on this fantastic run of results against I mean, those I, sides. I must admit, it was really easy to sort of say at the start of the season that Maidenhead United would be relegation candidates. And to be fair, we've only played 13 games. There's every chance that they may still be. But yeah. um, uh, a little bit like Reading in the Championship, they're giving it a damn good go. So... <laughs> Um, you know they're they're giving it a they're giving it a good old a good old go, and um, I think that I suspect they will be absolutely fine again this season. Um, <laughs> yeah, giving them your backing. You're laughing away in the background, Abby. Have you? Uh, are you not so confident in uh, uh, Maidenhead retaining their national league status? Oh no, I am, but just absolutely fine. It's just such a funny expression, isn't it? Like, yeah, absolutely fine. In the... yeah. <laughs> that's not how I want my team described at all. <laughs> well, then, oh, I, I mean... say that as a Reading fan as well. Like, oh yeah, they're absolutely fine. Well, actually, no, we're doing exceptionally well, and it concerns me. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Maidenhead aren't going to finish in the playoffs. They're not going to get promoted. Um, a nice little mid-table, I think, would be would be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely fun. It's not not one nothing to get off the seat about. And just, like, how many seasons? I had the, I had this a chat a chat with a friend the other day about something. Like, I think he's a Fulham fan, and and he doesn't like being in the Premier League. Um, and uh, the you know, like how how long do you really want to be a mid to lower table National League team? Sort of because without significant, and obviously they've got the ground coming. Um, down the road, um, and there's some quite salty um, messages from the rugby rugby fraternity about that, isn't there? Which uh, seems a little bit uh, shockingly. Football is more expensive to run than rugby um, at, at this level, um, you know. Uh, surprisingly, uh, so I, I don't. Anyway, um, go down a different road there. Um, you know, it made, it made Ned. How long? How long will you be happy to be sort of mid-table? Obviously, as I say, they've got the ground coming. That may well make a difference. It may make absolutely no difference at all. Um, but yeah, that it's not. It's you're not going to increase your crowds, are you, by consistently finishing outside of the relegation zone? Mm, yeah, but I don't know. You think maybe you're going to be? Enough. Would you increase your crowds by being top of uh, National League South potentially, uh, or towards the top end there? Possibly. Uh, Giving people something a little bit more to sort of uh, get behind, perhaps a promotion season. If you know, indeed, they are promotion contenders when they go down. If they go down, sorry, uh, to the next <laughs> level. But uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, we're, we're we're talking about history that hasn't hasn't happened. Um, yeah, of course. And and I have every confidence that Maiden will stay up. To be honest. Yeah. I also They're... think that the milk in my tea is sour. Oh dear. <laughs> so I'm just going to come put that over there. It's really not coming up. Trumps for you this uh, at the moment, is it, Kenny? No. Well, uh, let's move on from Maidenhead then and talk about Tadley uh, playing on the continent this weekend. They uh, made the uh, trip over to the Channel Islands to face Jersey Bulls. Uh, As far as I'm aware, the first time Tadley have had to uh, uh, take a plane to play a league game uh, in in their history. Um, Tadley uh, ended up game itself wasn't a huge uh, spectacle in the it uh, finished nil nil it was quite a hard fought nil nil i was out there watching uh, and supporting tadley so uh, yeah i could say this with fairly confidence uh, fair, a lot of confidence but uh, tadley thoroughly deserving their point i thought and uh, yeah a couple of good saves um, towards the end but they threatened the uh, jersey bulls goal as much as uh, jersey threatened theirs i thought so you know well-deserved point, and I think from 
speaking to Dan, our Tadley uh, correspondent, and seeing the 40 or to 50 fans that went over there, I think they had a very nice time uh, uh, with a little weekend trip away. Uh, Abby, where, what, um, what, which trips away are you sort of looking forward to as part of your uh, Ascot delegation? Is there anywhere in particular you're thinking, oh, yes, that could be a nice little away day? Aside from the football, should we say? Um, well, quite devastatingly, I'm not here for the weekend that we have our FA Vars game at Newport. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I'm really sad about it, actually. I missed out on the Jersey one. I'd only been in the job a week, so I didn't go on the Jersey trip. Now I can't make the Newport one either. Um, so I'm really sad about that as well, because... I love a bit of Isle of Wight. It's a childhood classic. So, um, yeah, I'm a bit gutted about that. So, I mean, no pressure to the boys, but if they could get through to the next round, it's <laughs> yeah. another good away day. That would be great. Somewhere on the seaside, perhaps. I don't yeah. Know. But mind you, it'd be being played in mid-December or something like that, the next round. So, uh, yeah, it might not be the best time for that. Maybe it's somewhere right. for... i a big coat on order. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> is it a big ascot coat? Yes, it is. I'm going to oh. go like full Walton Wenger in it. Oh, very nice. I think it's going to be like it's it's huge as well. So I'm assuming it's going to drag along the floor. I'm going to look like a walking sleeping bag. (laughs) Inside pockets for hot water bottles, is there? Yeah, for sure. Everything. (laughs) Fantastic. Very good. Yeah, but um, yeah, fair play to Tadley, getting a good result. Uh, The first points at home, Jersey have dropped all season. So uh, you know, and keeping them out, considering Jersey are a side with something like a. A plus fourteen goal difference. One of the uh, top scorers in that division, um, despite the only playing a few, uh, despite playing a few games less than most of the teams in that league. So uh, yeah, big scoring jersey kept at bay by Tadley, and a well deserved point on the road. Um, okay, so I think now we uh, will look uh, uh, over and talking of Ascot and your uh, big coat, Abby. We might as well look over at the combined counties uh, Premier League uh, Premier Division. North title race. Uh, there currently are four teams on 18 points tied at the top of the table with another uh, couple on 16 points behind them and uh, uh, the seventh place side on 15. So three points separating the top seven sides. A uh, lot of different number of games played. Uh, Reading City this weekend, uh, they're giving up their 100% records, uh, drawing at home to Egham Town, who are also <laughs> in the uh, title picture but uh yes uh there sees them fall from the top of the table down to fifth because it's so tight up there but ascot are one of the uh teams up at the top of the table abby you saw them at the weekend uh winning against wokingham and embrook three one in the end how did that go uh (laughs) i mean our goals came in the 89th and the 91st minute we're just we're like Coming back from from losing seems to be the theme of the start of the season so far, um, which I'm sure is probably not the way that Jamie wants to play. But, um, I mean, it makes for exciting viewing, I suppose. Um, (laughs) Yeah, just like that was really digging in deep, that game. Um, I think Wokingham were probably quite disappointed that they didn't take a point from us, really. So... um, but yeah, I suppose just props to props to the boys for digging in. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It was it was a crazy game. It was it was good though. Um, Wakenham put up a good fight. So considering they're sort of a bottom half team, really, um, right now they're nineteenth, I think, currently. Um, yeah, I think we maybe would have wanted to put that one to bed a bit sooner. But um, such is the way that football football plays, really. Yeah. Well. We say about the old adage of a team not playing well but still getting the points. Perhaps uh, Ascot um, fulfilled that this weekend and uh, yeah, managed to keep pace with the leaders at the top of the table. Um, who out of the uh, teams around Ascot at the moment do you see as the biggest threat there, Abby? I mean, we've got a third trip to Flatwell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> At some point in the season, I think in January, and they knocked us out of the Bucks and Bucks Cup, and then a week later, we lost to them. So, um, yeah, I suppose they're probably our, our biggest threat right now. Um, but then equally, kind of London Lions and Burnham are both well, they've got exactly the same like everything's the same played nine, won five, drawn three, lost one, same goal difference, and everything. So, 
yeah, tricky one. I think it's just really like the division generally is super, super competitive and everyone's sort of toe for toe. So, yeah, I think any of those, the kind of top, top four, top five will be tricky for us. I think it'll be probably pretty exciting when we go to Reading City at some point as well. Um, I think we've got them soonish actually. So, um, yeah, it's just been a really exciting start to the division really in the season. Absolutely, yeah. Tom, um, Reading City dropping their first points at the weekend. Um, bit of a shame for them, but uh, still a very strong start. Uh, the only team in the division not to suffer a defeat so far. Yeah, really, really strong start to the season for them. Um, I've just been reminding myself of the really excellent Egham Town match report. Yes. Um, that, uh, we're we're going to come on to referees later, aren't we, Rob? Um, Indeed. But uh, essentially... Um, highlighted a number of injustices against the mighty Egham, um, and uh, yeah, suggested that uh, perhaps they didn't quite have the rub of the green with the referee. Um, whereas I'm absolutely 100% certain that it was all 50 50, uh, very fair, and uh, they are just absolutely bitter. They cheered up a little <laughs> bit on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, the match report was much happier. They beat Nap, they hammered Nap Hill 4 0 in. Uh, in a county cup of some description or a league cup, I, I just it made me laugh. Um, I, I enjoy I enjoy bitter uh, official match reports. They make me <laughs> laugh quite a lot. Very good. Well, um, sorry, uh, this was this question was about Reading. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, really, really excellent start. Uh, it's interesting they've only played six games. Um, there's obviously a little bit more to come from them. Um, I, I, my eyes are always drawn to Flackwell Heath. Flackwell Heath are always there or thereabouts. Yeah, and they Absolutely. always cause trouble. <laughs> well, like you say, uh, Flackwell Heath actually hosting. Uh, Virginia Water this weekend, who are another side who are sort of uh, just ticking along nicely yeah. there in eighth. So, uh, yeah, perhaps a, a game to watch. Maybe uh, Tom's game of the weekend. Who knows? We'll uh, have more of that later. Uh, but just before we leave the uh, Combined Counties Premier Division North, we should call out that Hollyport got their first league win of the season this weekend. Uh, I mean, they've drawn four games of their seven so far and now added a win to that so it's taken them up a a few places and uh yeah good to see them get off the mark in that regard and there's we talk about the fight at the top of the table there's also quite the competition at the uh at the other end where uh oxyjets maybe slightly uh started to get a little bit disconnected with two points but the next three sides are on six it's two on seven, one on eight, one on nine, and uh, yeah, all the way up to uh, the mid table. There's uh, uh, there's only four points separating those those sides in that last relegation spot. So yeah, how do you feel uh, uh, like our our Berkshire sides will uh, get on as the season progresses, Abby? I think it's going to be a real mixed bag, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, but I think equally, I think this is potentially a division where people can pinch points from people unexpectedly. Yes. So, yeah, I think Waking America might be concerned about dropping down, but then you never know. Like I said, they they played fairly well against us on on Saturday. So, and I think they, like I said, I think they'll probably be disappointed that they didn't take a point from us. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be a really exciting division to keep an eye on. Absolutely, yeah. Working with Embrook away at uh, Broadfields United, who are uh, right down there as well at the moment. So a big game for them uh, this weekend. So uh, one to get to if you uh, fancy a trip away to uh, West London. Um, okay. Uh, one other thing we should probably turn our attention to is the uh, Combined Counties uh, Div 1 title race. Uh, Sandhurst, after a victory last night, Tuesday night, 4-1 away at Bagshot, are now actually five points clear at the top of the table. They have played two games more than their closest rivals, Langley, who are uh, behind them, like I say, five points behind them. But it's quite a, a Berkshire field to the top end of the table, with Barks County also there in fourth place. And in fact, all of our Berkshire sides in that division in the top half, with Woodley, Eversley and Aldermaston, all 8th, ninth, and 10th, respectively. A pretty exciting title race we've got on our hands there, uh, from a Berkshire perspective especially, Tom. 
and it looked like it, doesn't it? Um, it it's if I remember rightly, last season we we certainly had um, we didn't really have anyone in the middle. We had teams at the top and we had teams at the bottom, and and yeah. and so far this season it look it's looking uh, it's looking fairly solid, like a, um, like a like a, a, a top ten of Berkshire sides in at mm-hmm. step six, which is really nice. I like a little bit of symmetry like that. Um, I, I was the the interesting thing about um, your previous question uh, about the combined counties premier, like you know how are our Berkshires, as if they all sort of get together and decide to be really strong uh, <laughs> but actually um turn that turn that around and in division one um you know you could certainly say that uh, i i do know i certainly um, most of the people i spoke to last season so most of the managers i spoke to last season found the combined counties premier a bit of a uh, uh, uh tougher perhaps than they were used to in the hellenic certainly more um I want to. I want to say technical. I think that was the. I think that was the way around. It was either tougher or technical, and I can't remember which exactly way around it was. I think technical. Um, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the the Hellenic is a little is a little bit more sort of rough and tumble. Um, so yeah, I, but Division One last season we did have quite a few sides at the top. So uh, and in fact, obviously Eversley and Wallingford both reached the playoffs. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see how far how far Sandhurst go. Um, Langley as well. We don't know too much about many of the players at either of those sides, so it's all a little bit of a learning curve um, for those. And I think Parks County will be very happy with where they are. Yeah, exciting. A few uh, weeks ahead for the title race in that division. Um, plenty of Berkshire interest, as we mentioned. Okay, uh, before we start, oh, actually, Abby, why don't we? Uh, we haven't spoken about the women's side of the. Uh, Berkshire fixtures this week. Why don't you give us a little uh, roundup on uh, some of the the best and most interesting points of talk uh, in the women's side of the game? Yeah, absolutely. I'll try and do a quick roundup. So there's lots of teams, obviously, to consider. But um, I think Woodley are definitely ones to be paying attention to this season. I think I've spoken about them previously, but um, they did actually, they lost at the weekend, unfortunately. But it was a... 4-3 4-3 game against um, Milton United, or rather 3-4. And I think they just were edged out from that draw in the kind of final moment. So I think they'll be really disappointed by that. But yeah, they just seem like a completely different team this season. Um, and they've got, it's pretty much the same core of players as well. So yeah, I think they just had a really positive summer. They did make a couple of decent signings, but um, yeah, they just seem to be going from strength to strength, kind of on and off the pitch. So they're, they're a team to be paying attention to, especially so they t- they took the decision to drop down uh, a division. So they were in the Premier Division of the Southern Region. And they're now playing in the newly formed Division North, and so I think that's been a real positive for them. So yeah, keep an eye on Woodley. I think this season. Um, elsewhere, a big point for Cavendish United against Long Crendon. So I think they would have been disappointed not to have won that game. Actually, judging by their Twitter thread. Um, but a point against Long Cronin is really good because I uh, they edged them out in the cup last year. So um, I think that's, whilst disappointing, I think they'll have been glad for that that draw. Um, Ascot, a mixed bag for both their teams, actually. So um, their first team was on a good winning run in the league. Having only, I mean, they've only played three games, but um, they lost 1-0 at weekend. Um, so that's kind of bumped them down the table slightly. Um the reserve side continue their insane winning streak. I really, I will, next week, I will find out what the number is because it's stupid now, I think. It must be in the 30s at this point. But yeah, um, another solid solid win for them there. I think it was a 4-0 win against Haddenham. Um, and that's having been bumped up to uh, divisions. So yeah, they're just on this sort of crazy unbeaten streak and they just seem to keep going from strength to strength there. So they're doing really well. Um, Maidenhead had a real tricky defeat against Exeter. I, I say tricky. Exeter are probably going to be the ones that go up this season, I imagine. So they'll be in the, the uh, Southern Premier Division of the National League this season. Um, but I think that was a bit of a, a challenging game if uh, Maskell would uh, get his word in here. So um, <laughs> I'm not going to say the reason why, though. We can talk about that at the end. But yeah, I think Maidenhead are finding it a bit of a challenge this season, but I think it's a bit of a foundation thing for them because, obviously, they're I'm my third manager in two seasons, but I think um, Ed, who's taken over there, um, is 
going to be a real positive influence on them, I think. And again, they're another team who have got a very similar kind of core group and they've had a quite a core group for a while now. Um, so um, I don't think they're down and out, but they are they are struggling, I think, a little bit. So um, maybe I want to keep an eye on for them as well. Um, other than that, lots of kind of Division 3, actually. Uh, Division 3 South, rather, of the Thames Valley, I think is, as usual, it's competitive self. Um so, yeah, just lots of Berkshire sides in there who are doing well. Although I would like to say that currently we're being picked to first and second by some Hampshire teams. So, um, Shinfield are the ones who are carrying the Berkshire flag right now in third. Um, but, yeah, no, just as, as always, I think I say it every, every season, that Division 3 South of Thames Valley is always the most competitive one. So, yeah, that's how the kind of women's scene is looking right now. Very good indeed. Lots of interesting football. We'll come on to uh, the fixtures for next week in a moment. Um, but before we start looking ahead to uh, to next weekend, or the coming weekend rather, uh, we should say a big congratulations to Grace Maloney and Diane Caldwell, who uh, are Reading players, obviously, um, were playing for Republic of Ireland last night, who qualified uh, for the World Cup for the first time in their country's history. Fantastic result for them. And uh, if you look at the rankings of the teams pre-tournament, you can see what a big achievement it was, uh, ranking of the teams who qualified, I should say, what a big achievement it was for Republic of Ireland. Really excellent for them getting into uh, the World Cup. Uh, but on the other side, of course, uh, really, a really bitter pill to swallow for Wales. Absolutely in incredible result when they uh, got all the way to the end of uh, injury time against Switzerland and all the way to the end of extra time and conceded a last minute goal to be knocked out of qualifying. A real sickener to take. And obviously Wales with such a, or Reading rather, with such a strong Welsh link. I mean, you just look at the team last night and there were so many uh, Reading or former Reading players in terms of Fishlook, uh, James, Evans, Rowe, uh, Woodham came on, Ward as well. Um, yeah, I think you could almost do a full uh, team of Welsh uh, ladies who play for Reading. So it's, uh, yeah, it was really, really sad to see them knocked out and a bit of a sickener. Anything you want to say on that, Abby? Yeah, just that I think the dressing room is going to be a bit tricky this week, isn't it? <laughs> when, they, yeah. when they come back for the WSL games, because, well, so... Whilst Republic of Ireland are through, that meant Scotland are out, and Emma Mitchell was obviously a Scotland player as yes, well. Yes, of so, course. Yeah, um, yeah it's going to be the dynamics going to be interesting that they have to kind of switch off their international brain and turn back on their domestic league brain. So, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, like you say, it's an incredible feat. So that's Republic of Ireland's like first time qualifying for the World Cup, but actually the first time qualifying for any major tournament. So it's really incredible, and you can see the, the growth that is happening um, in our and surrounding nations and I think yeah whilst it's really disappointing for Wales obviously it's incredible that they've they're in this position now and they are so competitive so yeah really gutted for them um I think they really deserved a place but um such is the wonderful world of international football <laughs> yeah absolutely well let's move on to uh looking ahead to the weekend's games then you might uh, as we were talking about um the interesting dynamic in the Reading uh, dressing room when everyone comes back uh, from their various international duties. Uh, why don't we start there? Because rolling into town on Sunday is at Arsenal side, who uh, are looking pretty pretty strong um, in the WSL this season. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Reading taking on Arsenal at uh, the Select Car Leasing Stadium this weekend, Abby? Uh, <laughs> this is I'm really trying to remind myself that I'm not being negative Nancy about this but I'm yeah I'm concerned shall I say yeah. um well I mean not like it's it's obviously bad for them but so both their cent Arsenal centre-backs are currently out with injuries so that's Williamson and Souza so but mm. their, their replacements are just as capable Arsenal are one of many stacked squads in the WSL so yeah their their replacements are just as capable so I mean I don't know if we can capitalise on their defence or not and um, obviously with Deanne Rose being out as well I think she's been a bit the kind of game changer for us when we played against Arsenal beforehand so her not being there is tricky um, but yeah <laughs> I, I, I genuinely have no idea how it's going to go that 1-1 that one, one draw from January last year is a long, long way ago now. So um, 
they've pumped us 4-0 since then, so twice. Um, <laughs> so I'm clutching at straws here, trying to think of some positives. It's going to be a tricky one. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reading, uh, not yet, obviously, get off the mark uh, in the WSL. Um, so this is actually top against bottom, uh, as things stands. We're only uh, a couple of games in, of course. So, um, so you know, no... Uh, no panic stations just yet for anyone, uh, uh, or you know, celebrations at, at either side of the table. So, but uh, yeah, Arsenal looking quite formidable um, already, and uh, yeah, eight goals for in their two games, zero conceded. Yeah, Reading's defense is going to have to be, you know, on top form to keep them out. You got to, you have to feel so. Uh, yeah, I suppose, I, I should... yeah. Sorry, a positive at this time is that we do have more experience in our defence. I think potentially previous seasons, we've been playing people maybe not slightly out of position, I suppose, like a little bit out of position. Like Lily Woodham always wants to push up higher up the field, which I'm very happy for her to do. So I think the fact that we have got Emma Mitchell back there in left back, and she's an ex-Arsenal player as well. So while she's been with us for two seasons now and had one out on maternity leave, she will know some of the dynamic of the Arsenal team. So I think that is maybe that's a positive for us. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Good. Well, yeah, I'm sharing your trepidation, but uh, uh, that game, of course, uh, kicking off at 6.45 on Sunday evening. So um, supporters of football and local football in general, Reading women supporters, can actually have the opportunity to perhaps catch a local game uh, with the sort of traditional two o'clock kickoffs all happening on Sunday. Um, why don't you pick out a fixture, Abby, that perhaps uh, anyone wanting to go to the Reading women's game in the sort of evening afternoon time can uh, make a double header with the uh, uh, with that fixture. Yes. Um, as I flagged them before, Woodley. So Woodley are playing Maidenhead United in the Bucks and Bucks Senior Women's Cup. Um, only 15 minutes down the road from the Select Carl Eason Stadium. So you don't even have time to go. <laughs> um, they'll be playing at Bullmarsh. So I think, yeah, I think that's going to be quite an exciting game. I think, like I said, Woodley are going from strength to strength. And I think they'll be confident going into that game. Maidenhead might find that a little bit tricky. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a should be a really tasty tie. And I think, yeah, the Senior Cup's always an exciting cup for us in Berkshire. So, yeah, that would be 100% my pick. That's Abby's pick of the week on the women's side. Brilliant. So, uh, yeah, lots to look forward to there on Sunday. But, of course, on Saturday, we also have some fixtures to look forward to, perhaps the most premier of which is the uh, two sides we have going in the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup. Uh, Both Berkshire sides in the competition at this point, Bracknell and Maidenhead United, have been drawn at home with a place in the first round proper the prize for any side that gets through at this um at this stage of the competition bracknell town of course drawn at home to banbury united of uh the national league south and maidenhead united also drawn against nas- home to a national league south side in eastbourne borough oh uh, perhaps a pretty tricky tie for bracknell town there um tom how do you see them getting on yeah, um, I. it took me ages to find out which division Banbury United were in. <laughs> I was not expecting them to be in the Vanarama National League North. Um, but such oh, is North, geography. sorry, I said, yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, I missed that completely. Um, yeah. Such is geography in this ridiculous country. Um, they are uh, they are second, they are third in the National League North behind Kings Lynn Town and Darlington, <laughs> just ahead of AFC Fylde, Scarborough, uh, Kidderminster and Alfreton, all places that are very north. Yeah, some big um, away days for Bran- Banbury there. Yes, um, I'm sure they will. I, I, Bracknell will seem like a relative trot to the shops, I suspect. Yeah, yeah, a tricky tie though. Uh, Banbury, like you say, going very well in mm. the National League North. Uh, and so, yeah, Bracknell at home though. And like you, we mentioned earlier, going well in the cup competitions at the moment. Yeah. Uh, mm. Not sure you can write them off particularly, although perhaps going into uh, this game, they might be second favourites. Although, I don't know, like I say, decent cup pedigree. Never never write them off, but there is a there is a big difference, I think, between playing a team at the top end of the National League, North or South, uh, and one that is perhaps uh, in the in the bottom, uh, in the bottom four or five of the National mm. League, North or South. Um, so it's that that's a really tough one. If they get through that, I mean, 
you know, come on, they may well win the whole bloody thing. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, Bracknell get through will emulate their best ever run in the competition. Yes. Uh, yes. Been a little while. Were you there, Tom, when you went? Uh, oh, when yes. You oh, yes. I can't remember if you've ever mentioned that before. So, I yeah. absolutely was there the entire <laughs> run, the entire run. Um, I, and, and in fact, I believe at the time, uh, their last fourth qualifying round, but when they got to that, they played Aylesbury United, who were, I think, at the time in the Isthmian Premier, and Bracknell mm. were in Division Three or Two. Anyway, it was there. There was a there was a big gap between the sides. Uh, uh, possibly the most dubious of penalties uh, I've ever seen in my life, but nobody cared. Uh, it was one nil, and Bracknell went to Lincoln, and I was there as well. Very good indeed. Great. Along with, I think, the rest of the William Twig. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So that was back in uh, November 2000. So hopefully Bracknell can emulate uh, those heroics. And it's been a little while since they've been at this level, though. So it's 19 years since they've got to this um, this stage of the competition. So, uh, yeah, cracking cut run from Bracknell. And hopefully they can go one more. And Maidenhead, perhaps, slight favourites over... Uh, Eastbourne Borough, although I, they, I'm not sure they, they particularly focus on the FA Cup. Um, I think it might be fair to say they they have to be favourites, but they have an atrocious FA Cup record. Yeah, I think they they regularly lose to teams in divisions below them in the FA Cup. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean they should win. Um, I think it would be really great if they did. Um, I, I think that that is one thing to get excited about. Um, and the possibilities in the first round are are endless. But yeah, you look back on their FCHD uh, profile uh, on on uh, on the old internet, and uh, it is an atrocious cup record. Well, hopefully they can rectify that to some degree this weekend, and we can see two Berkshire sides in the first round proper of the FA Cup come the draw on Monday. Um, okay. Well, aside from the FA Cup, Tom, if for those not uh, wanting to go to either of those, to the Bottom Meadow or York Road this weekend, where would you suggest they go for um, um, a bit of uh, Berkshire football? Well, this is a really good question because uh, I was going to say Hungerford v Chelmsford, uh, thinking uh, that was a relative derby, but I've mm. got my Chelmsfords confused with the Chippenhams. And, uh, <laughs> it's not at all. It's not at all. So um, you can go to that one. That, you know, that, that's good. The Bullpit Beast is available to you um, mm-hmm. if you if you wish to do so. Um, I think that um, my pick is going to be Reading City v Hilltop. Yeah. Um, to- the, the unknown quantity that is Reading City quietly mm-hmm. going about their business, beating everyone yeah. in front of them. Hilltop aside, that are also sort of in the top half of the table and looking pretty good themselves. So, uh, yeah. you know, that could be a quite an interesting game. Uh, I completely yeah. agree with you on that one. Very good. good. I'm glad we finally agree on something. <laughs> <laughs> Very good indeed. Well, there's plenty of uh, fixtures up and down uh, the county and obviously our sides away. So around, uh, around and abouts, if you fancy a, a trip away. So just get on over to football in, uh, uh, Bracknell, oh, sorry, footballinbarkshire.co.uk and check out the fixtures and result page and obviously check with the club before travelling. Uh, but yeah, plenty of action this weekend. Okay. Uh, I was going to say any other business, Tom, but I know you've got some other business. So yeah. why don't you go into uh, <laughs> uh, Tom uh, Canning's soapbox? Shall we? Uh, none yeah. of this is none of this is new, yeah. um, but we obviously in this country are various different levels of the game. There is a bit of a refereeing crisis, and maybe a bit of a refereeing crisis doesn't do it justice. There is a refereeing crisis, and there's a couple of teams that I. Um, or a couple of clubs that I'm aware of that are struggling for referees every week. It looks like, I think, in Hellenic Div 2, clubs are regularly having to find their own referees for games. Leagues aren't able to appoint them. Um, and we're seeing lots and lots of... of um, there has been... I think there was one, uh, one game where uh, a club had been told uh, that the referee was not appointed uh, and then were acted surprised when the referee didn't turn up. But I cannot remember for the life of me which club that was. Hmm. One of you may, but I can't remember. I'm not doing that because to protect their modesty, if I could remember, I would. Uh, Taplow United. That was it. 
Yes, I think oh, it was okay. Tecmo United. If I'm wrong, uh, I apologise. Um, so, yeah, so we're seeing a lot of that. But what I'm also seeing a lot of, uh, especially from official club accounts, is stuff being posted from clubs having a go at referees decisions having a dig at referees decisions and i i made this point about the egg and match report earlier there were in that official match report there were various mentions that the referee lacked consistency this that and whatever and equally um abby you posted in our little in one of our little group chats yesterday um about the number of assaults on referees going up so all of that being said, and, and that and and you know assaults on ref. I don't think there was any um, there was anything to show whether that was a bit up up a number or or gone down on previous years. Either way, it's dreadful, um, and anybody who does that should anybody who attacks a referee in any shape or form should be removed from the game for life and never allowed to play again. But is it any wonder that we are struggling to get referees when A, that is happening, but also they're being called out on clubs' social media platforms, on clubs' websites, when actually the clubs, and, and then and so far I haven't managed to see a club both asking for a referee and criticising a referee within the same short space of time. And I just think we all need to think a little bit smarter about what we're putting on our social media feeds. Um what is the gain of posting a video of a specific decision um, that either went, that, that most likely went against your team, um, may or may not have cost you the game, but ultimately um, from a specific angle looks bad, but from other angles may look completely different and you have no idea what the referee was thinking at the time. I just think we really need to be a little smarter about that. Everybody will say, oh, it's down to the FA to impose, um, you know, discipline and stuff. Well, actually, it's not. It is, but it's also down to us, to, to, to clubs, to us. Um, you'll notice that um, FIB really tries to uh, not go out, not criticise referees, because it's just, what, what what's to gain from that? Um, there, there is absolutely nothing to gain from that. We lose referees because of that. And if we don't have any referees, we don't have a game. I just, all I want at the end of this is for just people to just have a little think about what they are putting on there. If you want to go, Abby, if you want to go off on one on your own social media account about a ref, that's fine. That's on you. But I think clubs should really think carefully about that kind of thing because all it does is play into this long, long running saga of, um, uh, of, of, anti, of, of an anti, anti sort of referee, uh, this, that, and whatever. Narrative. It, it just narrative. Thank you, Rob. Um, it just doesn't help anyone you can be annoyed you can be frustrated you can think that the ref cost you the game uh, and that's fine talk about it in the dressing room talk about it in the bar fine just just keep it off social media because there's plenty of impressionable people who see that and think that that's okay and we need to set an example very good um also, I would really like a referee with the ability and access to a club's uh, video feed of a game to come back and go, well, okay, I made that mistake. Here's three mistakes that your right back made in the same game. And this one cost. I'd love that. I would love it if one just hit back. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I will also say that there will be a few people listening to this and go, uh, Tom, uh, that is a bit hypocritical because you have definitely been really rude to referees uh, and have in fact been booked for dissent at referees. In the park. <laughs> and to that, I say, yes, I have. Uh, and uh, I apologize for that. Um, these things, you know, I'm older now. I've learned. And I think that we can all now be part of making things a little bit better. I mean, yeah, there's a difference between being critical of a referee's decision and then going on social media and, and, sort of hosting it on yeah. an official club Twitter account and uh, you know, with your sort of, uh, you know, rose-tinted eyes on and being biased. I think everyone has watched a game, and especially if you've watched perhaps further up the league has, has thrown abuse at a referee. Um, you know, if it abuse isn't good at all. And, but, uh, you know, you can't let it go any further than just sort of say, you know, what was that? You know, what a terrible decision. Leave it there, you know. That's it. Uh, you can't for example, get on uh, social media and, and start uh, tweeting afterwards. I think it's just not it's yeah. not a done thing. I think I think what you've what you've hit on there, Rob, is that um, a club account critici would criticise a referee, but it wouldn't criticise its own right back. Yeah, exactly. So what, as well is that um, if a referee did exactly the same, so if refs started going on Twitter 
questions. <laughs> like there would be uproar, wouldn't there? Could you imagine the pile on they'd get? So oh, I've seen a few. I've seen a few. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Well, anyway, yeah. that's the end of that. I just, I just let's just think about things and let's just try and make things a little better. That's a very nice uh, moment to end on. Abby, have you got any other business uh, before um, we sign off? No, I only wanted to say that you can vote for goal of the month right now. There's some absolute crackers. To, I think it's going to be really difficult. I think it's going to be quite close. Tom might know otherwise, but I think, yeah, there's some really great goals in there. And also, it's just very nice to see some women's goals in there as well. Yeah, yes, absolutely. there are a lot of lobs this month <laughs> on there. There's a, there's a couple of absolute belters but there's there's some there's some there's a, there's a lot of lobs mm. nice Oct- see- september is the lobbing month yeah it's <laughs> nice seeing a little bit more footage of uh games at this level uh or yeah. at lower levels sort of thing so you can actually get see some of these um uh goals replayed i saw i think two or three of the goals in question actually live so uh it's nice to actually see them back again so uh yeah very good indeed get on over to football in berkshire to vote on that well um that's about it from us then uh as a reminder you could follow us on twitter at fi berkshire or at fib underscore women and uh, we're also on facebook instagram tiktok and linkedin or you can as i mentioned a moment ago go to www.footballinberkshire.co.uk and um see all of our content there um but all that's left to say is thank you very much for listening as always uh, we will be back next week but until then it's goodbye from Tom Canning bye goodbye from Abby Tyshurst see ya and it's goodbye from me goodbye everyone <laughs>